Hello and welcome to Counterpressed on The Ringer and Spotify. I'm in the studio back in Spotify HQ with Kate Longhurst, Jesse Parker Humphreys and producer Becky. Big day today, guys. It's England squad announcement coming this afternoon. Why are you saying you said that? You kept going with the big announcement (laughs) coming this afternoon. That's what you have to do with a big announcement. You have to big it up. You have to just go like line by line, decibel by decibel. Um, Yeah, I feel like it's come around all of a sudden out of nowhere and really crept up on us because the season, no, me neither. The season has just ended. The World Cup is still uh, six weeks away, but we are coming in hot with the England squad announcement and the German squad announcement too. FIFA's deadline is not for a few more weeks now, but England are just trying to get ahead of the game. But I think it's going to be really interesting. We're obviously going to be de- going to be reacting to it on today's show. I'm going to react like this. <gasps> yeah, we're going. It's basically going to be like a thing for when it when oh, it happens. Okay. It's so going to be single a- player. <laughs> Yeah, there we are. <laughs> we'll, we'll read it out line by line. Uh, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna be reacting to it basically live, but instant pod reaction. But before we get into our other side of the pod today, which is the Champions League preview, we've got to talk about the counterpressed end of season party because it turned from a few drinks in the pub to a karaoke. <laughs> two-man sesh at Rowan's with Becky and Jesse. Performances of a lifetime. I am telling you, you you two missed out. Seriously. It brought brought so the room good. to tears. Absolutely, yeah. The way that Jesse was looking at me, actually, like in some of them, was like pure, pure love. <laughs> so take, so us through, take us through it, because we, Kate and Ginny left um, a little bit for, before I did. Blame. Um, it, it was a long old afternoon, um, and you guys ploughed on. I left about eight-ish. We weren't planning no. on ploughing on. No, we just, refueled. Yeah. yeah, we had dinner, which was definitely needed because Jesse was really drunk, actually. <laughs> uh, but you guys ploughed on, yeah. You went yeah. to Rowan's. We went well. Let me talk you through it. Okay, so. take us through it. We went for a, a nice curry. It was good. It was good. Um, and then you know when like when dinner ended and we just we'd finished our drinks, but we were like still chit chatting, and it was like God, the chat night, never stops. This night isn't over yet. <laughs> And obviously we all we go to Rowan's quite a lot to do mm. karaoke, so it's like a bit of like, a, oh, should we go to Rowan's to do karaoke? I think also I felt robbed that we were meant to go and do karaoke at Rowan's after the FA Cup yes, final. Yes, and we never filled that. And due that. to various events, that didn't happen. So I felt owed yeah. a and karaoke were, session. Yeah. We You're just right. went to the pub that time. So it kind of started as like a... Go Rowan's, and then it just like eventually became very serious, and, and then, then we, we were, were running to Rowan's <laughs> from King's Cross to get to Finsbury Park. And wow. it was I, I've said this to so many people now. It's like go to karaoke with one other person who you just don't feel embarrassed in front of. It's the best thing ever. You can just go for all the songs that you'd never normally to, go for. I went to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I came back and Jesse was doing um, Adele on their own. <laughs> Which I song? Was like, I, someone like you. I was like, I would never do That's this. That's a hard song to sing Exactly. As well. But I was like, it's a cracking song to sing. And I was like, Becky's gone to the toilet, so I'm going to start it without her and then she can just come in halfway through. And it was amazing. Was it beautiful? It was so beautiful. <laughs> that one you struggled with. It's a whole song. <laughs> Torn. Why are you not Natalie and Bruglia? Torn by Natalie and Bruglia. Oh my God. That what was a tune. What a performance. I was like, this is amazing. Wow. You was that the best one I did? Oh, potentially. Yeah. I was very, I was very impressed by it. I obviously, I think we did a really good job of, so we went in and we went in with some like big tunes. What was the, who started? Because you always got to, I always find when you go into karaoke, you've always got to start with a big one just to make the room feel comfortable. We started, we started with our classic, which we've actually basically rehearsed before. ABBA. <laughs> no, High School Musical. High School Musical, musical. okay. Uh, but we Troy, did, I'm Gabriella. We, yes, we did do, um, we did do ABBA as well. And then we had like a football segment and look, we were very, very drunk. I don't. I wasn't very drunk. Jesse was very drunk. I was quite drunk. We did an entire handover ceremony from Dreams by Gabrielle, the Studs Euro song that Jesse picked, to the upcoming what we've decided is going to be the World Cup song, which I'm not going to reveal yet. What constitutes a handover? Um, we, we sang, sang dreams. dreams and then we shook hands and made <laughs> and some I statements. I think Becky says, yeah, some official words. On the mic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we sang the song. The next, the song. next song. When are we going to reveal our soon. World Cup album? So soon. Okay. So soon. 
Um, and then me and Jesse both did a beautiful uh, Fleetwood Mac ballad each. <laughs> was Becky that- did Silver Springs, and no joke, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. <laughs> was that kind of the, the last few songs broken. of the night that yes. kind of yeah, and then we down. then we brought it back. And Jesse did Landslide, and, and then, then we brought it back up with Unwritten. Oh, what way to go. That, that was the one we went out on. Yeah. So it was the best night out ever. Wow. A full hour of karaoke flew by. I heard a rumour that Jesse wanted a second hour. <laughs> Jesse did. did want a second hour, but I was like, let's bow out now. Yeah, you. it was the right decision. I, I think so. My voice hurt after... It, Unwritten was like, <laughs> I was like really struggling. Also, good for you, Olivia Rodrigo. So hard. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. Was, that, that was really, really difficult. I wouldn't even take that on in karaoke. It was a great night out. I recommend anyone go to karaoke with just one friend. Great. Just great one. stuff. Just yeah. one. You two can go next. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for reporting back on the uh, Counterpress end of season after party. We obviously did our end of, end of season award. That episode is going to be coming out on the 8th of June. So make sure you listen. It was very fun. Some breaking news from Kate on her future this summer <laughs> also dropped <laughs> in that pod. <laughs> but on today's... I'm choking over there. So on today's show, we're going to be talking about the England squad. Of course, it is dropping today. So we're going to be reacting to that and in instant live reaction so expect it to potentially be a little bit messy and then in the second part of the show we're going to be talking about the Champions League final on Saturday previewing the final between Barcelona and Wolfsburg so let's get into it after this. Right guys it's time the England squad has just Dropped. Yeah, we know. Now <laughs> I do have to make a dis- like an announcement and fess up. We had decided that we were going to do live reactions to the squad as it came through, but I forgot and got so Sorry, excited you within a minute of us discussing. I got that. so excited about one of the inclusions that I just said it as soon as it popped up on my phone, forgetting. It's not. Uh, let's not name names about who it was because we can still have this conversation. But just so you all know, it was the it was the what is going to be the topic of conversation. Well, to be fair, we don't know who else is in the squad. I think there are still other surprises. What if Kate's so... got a call up? She doesn't know <laughs> I already know. She rang me this morning. <laughs> you did disappear for a while, so maybe that's what you were sorting out. Who knows? Let's get onto the squad, though. So I'm going to read it out. And I think there are still some surprises. Are you just saying including that because the, you have No, to. no, genuinely, genuinely, including the big one that I've ruined. And I will confirm that I did ruin it. It was me. I take the air. I am actually, okay. I am fuming and I'll, I'm going to try and let it go now. But okay. that would have been, would have been gold. Okay. So here we go. Goalkeepers, Mary Earps, Hannah Hampton, Ellie Roebuck. Pretty standard. No shocks mm-hmm. and surprises mm-hmm. there. Defenders, Millie Bright. Yes. Lucy Bronze. <laughs> I thought you. I thought oh. that was going to be reaction. <laughs> silence. Jess Carter. Yes. Neve <laughs> Charles. Yes. Alex Greenwood. Esme Morgan. Oh. Lotta Wobbemoy. Oh. oh Midfielders. Counterpress favourite. No Myla here. No Myla Tissier. Wow. Counterpress favourite. Laura Coombs. Yay! Yay! Jordan Knox. <gasps> oh. Georgia Stanway, Ella Toon, Kira Walsh, and finally making it to a major tournament with England, Katie Sellum. <gasps> yeah, wow. Sellum. A few surprises still there, yeah, guys. Come yeah. on, come it's on. Suddenly a midfield. <laughs> Forwards. Rachel Daly. Bethany Ingram. Oh my God. Oh Oh my God. I'm so shocked. I could never have guessed that in a million years. Who would have thought, guys? Certainly not me. Not I. (laughs) Not me. Lauren Hemp. Lauren James. Yay. Chloe Kelly. Katie Robinson. Alessia Russo. So, So no Jess Park. No Jess Park. No Malatissia. Who else has missed out then? Who's missed out in midfield? Because why are we. No, all the midfielders are just injured, aren't they? Well, Jess Park was included as midfielder, okay. I think, before. Okay. Okay. So yeah, um, anyone instant reaction? Myla is probably my biggest, and of course shock Lucy exclusion. Parker, West Ham not yeah, making it. Yeah, but I think she would have known that it was probably too soon for her to get a call up. But I was just hopeful, you know. I think Esme Morgan going ahead of someone like Myla Tissier, but Esme Morgan can play in a lot of positions, which probably helps her. And Myla Tissier can, I suppose, as well. She can she play centre back, full back. back. And 
I'm I'm very happy for Laura Coombs and Jordan Nobbs. I think that's nice. And just to confirm, do you think Jordan Nobbs will do anything? Like no, but it's just nice, isn't it? To confirm, <laughs> Myla Tissier, Jess Park and Emily Ramsey are on the standby list. So there are 23 players, three on standby. Okay, yeah, the Beth England thing is crazy because I really thought she wasn't going to go. Um, yeah. And my reaction was obviously spoiled by you saying <laughs> that Beth England was in the squad. Um, but I'm really happy for her. I'm happy Beth England's gone. I think she deserves it. None of us actually got to react to the Beth England thing because we were just like, Flo, Sorry. can't believe I know, done I'm, like, it's only sinking in now. <laughs> um, but that's, that's interesting. Yeah, well, let's get into it because I certainly thought Beth England was not going to make the squad because Serena Wiegmann had sort of implied that whoever had been in the most recent squads and the most recent camps was going to be the players she picked. And since the Euros, Beth England has not been involved. And even though she got a very good second half of the season moving to Spurs, it just seemed like Wiegmann wasn't going to go back because we don't always see her do that. She is quite stubborn. She's quite particular. She likes a group of players and she works with those group of players. Now, it, it was different to the Steph Horton situation because Wiegmann has never really picked Steph and never built much relationship with her. But she had picked Beth England for the Euros and she was part of that squad, even if she didn't really feature. But it, I guess it became too hard, Kate, to ignore the conversations around Beth England because her form was just so good. She must have felt like, I can't not take her. Yeah, she had to take her. She's How many goals did she score in the end? She scored, I think she scored 12 in 12 games for uh, in the WSL. That's crazy Tottenham. when you're playing for a team down the bottom. So, yeah, I think it's, it's deserved because she's had such a good second half of the season. Probably the reason why Tottenham escaped from being in the relegation battle on the last day of the season so well deserved Beth well done I think like when when she signed for Spurs I think like a lot of the conversation that we had was like yeah she's a great goal scorer but like is she gonna have the service to actually make a difference and yeah so like you said like it's very impressive that she's done so well and yeah I think she deserves it. I, I'm, I'm surprised that she is in a squad I thought Serena was just gonna stick to her guns and be like nah but I it do think always, she deserves it. It seemed weird to me the idea that Serena was only going to take two strikers. That felt mm. strange. But I think what's interesting as well is like all three of those players have a pretty good argument for actually starting. And maybe you say, well, Beth won't because she feels like the third pick. But like genuinely, if any of those three started, you wouldn't be like you wouldn't blink at it. Do you know what I mean? Which feels really weird to have like that level of depth there when. When everyone was so worried about this squad. Yeah. And, the lack yeah. Of it and actually now I look at midfield and I'm like, mm. Yeah, I feel I feel very nice and happy about that squad. I'm not I'm like... really pissed off about Myla Tissier. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. For me, I think she was one of the best centre-backs in the league this year. Like, all of her data is, like, insane. And, okay, it probably helps if you're playing, like, next to Onabatia, but... She is such a good, like, progressor of the ball. And maybe, I don't know, I guess Lotta's obviously had this kind of opportunity to play a load of minutes because everyone's um, been injured. But I don't think she's been amazing compared to what Leticia has done across an entire season. That feels like a really harsh exclusion for me. Yeah, and you have to also look at the way that uh, United have progressed this season and Leticia has pro progressed her game from, I mean, I think, think Tim Stillman made this point when I was doing something with him on Sky, but obviously when she was at Brighton, her role was very different. She wasn't going to be on the ball as much, but the way she's progressed in quite a short space of time to become a key part of a side that had the best defensive record in the league and other team, other players are getting picked ahead of her. I think for me, the surprise is Esme Morgan. The, in that list over Letitia because she, when she's played for England, especially against Australia, where she had a nightmare, I don't think she's played the best. And I don't think she's had the best season for Manchester City either. Wiegmann is kind of like this. You know, she likes the players she likes and, and that's part of that stubbornness. But it does... It does feel weird to me because Letizia is also versatile. It's not like you just take Morgan because she can play in different positions. Letizia can do that as well. Lotton Webermoy, I think, 
Wiegmann likes her as a squad player and she likes what she gives her and feels like the fact that she's got those consistent minutes and the fact that she's kind of established a place better in the in the second half of the season than Morgan. I think that's also what tips it over for me. I just am a bit confused about the Esme Morgan one. And I think, yeah, Jesse, that over Letizia. And maybe Letizia will still make it from that standby list. The midfield, the other big one is Katie Zellum coming in. Um, Jordan Nobbs was in that last squad, but didn't really feature much against Brazil or Australia. Did she come on as a sub maybe in one of those games? I can't remember, but um, she certainly didn't start. Katie Zellum has had a okay season. Um, she has a very you know distinct role that she plays for Manchester United, but I don't think many people expected her to make this squad. The Am thing I is, wrong? though, there aren't many other midfielders. Like when we're talking about defenders you can argue around the players who've missed out, whether it's Parker, whether it's Letizia. Um, Whereas midfielders, I guess the person who Serena feels like she's left out probably is Jess Park because she likes playing her as a 10. But I think it makes sense to go with the experience of Coombs, Nobbs and even Zellum in terms of having being older because realistically we just know that it's going to be Walsh Stanway and Toon. So that feels a lot more set, whereas I feel like defence, there's like positions up for grabs because the left back position is like totally up for grabs basically if Alex Greenwood's going to play as left sided centre back Millie Bright okay she's in the squad we assume she's going to be fit but who knows what that looks like so maybe there is a right sided centre back role um, equally yeah Lucy Bronze is coming back from timeout too so I think that's why those ones feel more confusing whereas I'm like the midfield kind of just picks itself because there's only about six English midfielders at the moment. Yeah, it does feel like those sorts of players are going to be in the squad but never probably feature. I would feel a little bit sorry for Lucy Staniforth because I think she's had a really good second half of the season with Aston Villa. And if you're picking knobs based on that, I think Staniforth get, gets a shout too. But Zellum has that maybe roll of the dice set piece element. We know Alex Greenwood's going to be the favourite there, but she has that in her locker. So it could be an option whether it's pens or free kicks or whatever. But you're right, Jesse, is that, that that midfield right now is fairly rooted. But in a way, that's the frustration because competition for places-wise, you look at that midfield and you think, right, if we're in the middle of a game, what is going to be the plan B when things are a little bit stodgy and things aren't going that well and maybe Toon isn't working out as the 10? You look at that bench and you think, I don't know who's going to be the player to shake things up for me I think it's it does look quite uh, predictable yeah but would you have said that about like Alessio Russo and Elatoon maybe before like oh yeah those subs like the role that they played in the Euros as like super subs essentially like would you have predicted that in the same way no but I would have looked at that bench and say oh that bench looks exciting it looks like it's a game changing bench Whereas I think when now it's a, the roles have reversed a little bit and you've got those players starting and you look at England's bench, yeah, there's you know a few more options when it comes to wingers. You know who starts Chloe Kelly, who starts Lauren James. Those are the maybe the biggest changes you can make, or you know at nine you can bring England on if Russo starts. You can bring Daly on if Russo starts. But I do think it just feels like the options are a little bit limited and it's not surprising given injury, given retirement. Um, but it's just not the kind of most packed selection. And although the rolls of the dice for the Euros were much younger options, they were still unpredictable and they were still coming off the back of fairly decent WSL campaigns. And when you're starting with Russo and Toon, who both haven't had the best seasons, you think, OK, now they're going into a World Cup not in the greatest form either. Um, and I think that's maybe the concerns for me is like, who are they going to be the game changers the same way they were, right? I think you've basically summed it up there. What Toon and Russo offered is because they're young, people just naturally get excited about younger players. Whereas I think it's a lot harder to like, be like, woo, Katie Zellum, woo, Jordan Nobbs, because we all kind of know like the level they're playing at. They're like good players, but like Jordan's not, refound anywhere near the form that that she's had and maybe you say oh like still like one last throw of the dice you know what she could do but I think that's why it doesn't feel exciting because you're like I know they're fine whereas when you've got younger players you're like 
as, as happened in the Euros, you're like, oh, they could do something amazing, which they then did because you don't really have any idea of what their ceiling is. Can I ask, does it say who's going to be like vice captain, third captain? Captain still to be decided. You imagine it's going to be Bright and Greenwood, one captain, one vice captain out of the two. Bronze hasn't really been an option for Wiegmann as a, a captaincy and she, she almost spoke as well when Wiegmann came in and was looking for a new captain and implied that she's not that bothered. Um, so I don't know if she's yeah, going to get... Yeah, but if get... I hadn't got captain, I'd be like, I won't bother either. <laughs> uh, so I, I, don't, I don't know if she's going to be the, the player that, that Wiegmann looks to with her experience because she is a natural choice as well. Kate, any surprises for you? Any ones that you're really happy to see? Obviously, former teammates, Laura Coombs, Katie Zellum. Are you really happy that they're going to get to go to a major tournament? I'm really England? happy for them. I think going back to what you said about uh, the players getting picked and the ones that left out, Typically, when you get to a World Cup squad or a Euro squad as well, there generally seems to be 18 players that tend to get used and then you kind of have five that are there as cheerleaders, not in a disrespectful way, but that's such an important role that they have. And maybe she's looking at that in terms of people like Esme Morgan. She's probably not going to play, but what does she bring around the place? You know, maybe Maya's a little bit quieter I don't know her as a person so I don't know and not as experienced whereas I feel like from what I've seen of Esme she's very like you know just seems like a good person to have around and maybe that's come into her thinking as well because tournaments are tough and it drains you a lot and when things aren't going well you need those players that are kind of out of the firing line to be the ones to bring the other players back round as well and not saying that every single player in there hasn't got a chance of getting minutes but there will be players that are disappointed that don't get game time or, or much game time and their role is just as vital keeping the rest of the squad together and so I think that might be the reason she's picked certain players as well but I think it's an exciting squad. Of course, there's absences with the the injuries that I think could be maybe a step too far for England to go and win it. But I'd love to be proved wrong. Um, but I think going back to the the striking options, when England played Australia, she did bring Rachel Daly on and played Russo and Daly up top, kind of Rachel Daly dropping into the ten. But that could be an option. It was disgusting. No, I didn't like it. I didn't like it, but maybe that's something that Serena is thinking about in terms of playing two strikers and they can kind of just one drop in, one stretch or or both stretch. But yeah, I I do do think there's some big key misses in that squad, but there's not too many surprises, I guess. Um, No, and there are lots of things to be excited about as well. You know, I know like LJ didn't have like the most amazing end to the season, but if you think back to like November, December, everyone was like losing their mind over how good she looked um, and fairly. And I, I always actually think like for England, she's often looked more impressive than maybe at points she has for Chelsea. I just think there's there's an element of when players are coming up at, against her for the first time. It's very different than when you're in a league where everyone's watching you week in, week out mm. and, and comes up with plans uh, as to how to deal with you. And it it's easy to forget because she's been hype for such a long time but like yeah this will be her first international tournament like she does feel like a wild card in that sense in the way like Tuna Russo were at the Euros um and I think I think people will will struggle with her whether she comes on as a sub or whether she starts and I definitely think like the wingers are still I know Hemp and Kelly like on the surface didn't have amazing seasons but like the volume of numbers they put up for Manchester City were like crazy, like like fifty percent more on like certain metrics in terms of like crossing or getting in the ball into box compared to other wingers. And I think to go into a World Cup with Hemp, Kelly, and James as your wingers, and then having Katie Robinson kind of as like potentially a wild card is is something that lots of other international teams would, would like to have. Also, you're right there. If you actually look at that squad on paper, forget some of the form that some of those players have had. It hasn't been Lauren Hemp's season. Lauren James had very good half a season. Chloe Kelly can hit another level. Ella Ceruso, Ella Toon, as mentioned. But when you look at those players on paper, you think, shit, that's a pretty good squad compared to you know some of the big teams in this tournament. You actually look, you think that's very strong. So now it's about 
Suna Veeman bringing the best out of them and then finding that form too in those group games. I think expectations naturally, and I think we can just sense that from the vibes in the room, are not what they were a year ago. They won the tournament, so they won last summer. So that kind of takes, you know, a bit of pressure off in many ways and all the injuries and it's the other side of the world and everything. So I feel like naturally the expectations are kind of moved back a step. But still on paper, that is a very good team. What do you think is par for this side? We know that if the draw works out the way it does, they could face Germany in the quarterfinal. But what do you think is what this squad should expect to achieve as the minimum? I think quarterfinal has to be minimum. I don't think there would be any shame. It's such a football cliche. There's no shame in getting knocked out to <laughs> Germany. <laughs> Except as a true English person, that. <laughs> but yeah, look, we played a very close game against them in the Euros final. And, and sometimes that's just the way the draw goes ultimately. I think... The round of 16 game could be tough as well against Australia or Canada, potentially. But I think it, it would still be expected for England to beat both of those teams. So I think that would be that would feel like a failure. Um, but yeah, I think quarterfinal minimum. But it's, it's hard. It's hard because of the injuries and it's hard because the Euros skews everything. Because if England had played really well, but like got knocked out in the semi-finals, say, to Sweden, I don't think anyone's going into this World Cup with this like kind of you know, semi-finals or win or bust like mentality, um, especially with how soon it, it it's come. Like I think we've spoken about this before, but like because of the way all the tournaments have like ended up sat on top of each other, it's kind of crazy to only have a year to develop the players who came through at the Euros, whereas normally you'd have two. Um, so I think to that extent, you probably want to say, okay, you minimum reach the quarterfinal, but you also want to see, yes, those players who were super subs at the Euros, they like look like starters. And I think the concern is they don't at the moment. But if you can, if we can go to a World Cup and come away and say, okay, maybe it didn't happen for us for whatever reason, but Elatuna and Alessio Russo, like those positions are nailed down for like the next World Cup. Um, like ditto for Hemp and Kelly and James. And I think that will be really key because the the age of this group is is really young and there's lots of players who are going in there with like amazing experience. Like it's it seems bonkers to say like that Walsh and Stanway feel like, you know, like some of like the older members in that group, given how old they are. Um, so I think it's it's those combo of things that that you want to look for. But yeah, I think it'd be stupid to go and be like England have to reach a final. If you didn't if you didn't know what the draw could be though, would you still say the same? I think if I didn't know what the draw could be, I'd say semi-finals because even Phil Neville reached a World Cup semi-final with England. <laughs> uh, a few developments as well because, um, listener, we are recording this straight after the news. So the press conference is going on as we speak. Oh. Serena Wiegmann has confirmed that Millie Bright will be captain. Yay! Oh. And confirmed that Jess Park and Letitia will be travelling to Australia with the squad but will still remain on the standby list. So okay. I imagine that is obviously it means if someone gets injured, then they can do slip they, in at the do last they minute. Stay in the same hotel? Do they have to stay somewhere different? I've got logistical <laughs> questions about it, Serena. I think it'll be weird if they didn't stay in the same hotel. <laughs> They're but... in the travel lodge down the road. <laughs> so that I mean that makes me feel a little bit better about the Leticia situation, but it also makes me think that, that is weird. Like, how long before can they bring them in? Well, the squads need to be confirmed to FIFA by 11th of June but if they travel to Australia and they're on your standby list then a bit like what happened at Tokyo you can bring them in if something happens. Yeah but how late? I think whenever no? I think until the World Cup starts. Okay. So if someone so if got an injury in before the, the World Cup had they started come in. but if they got it in a, the first group stage game then So my new logistical question yeah. is like when the tournament starts and if well, they've they not been home. brought in do they just go home? That might well, be my ask. dream role. Yeah. I know it wouldn't be if you're a footballer because you'd want to play, but as someone who's not a footballer, just hang about. I would love to be taken to a World Cup and then not be made do to they play. Get to, do they get to stay and watch, but like party it with us? Like, guys, if you're listening and you don't get into the squad, like we'll be around. So if you want to, if you want to come hang out, we need to make the dress park Jesse Park Humphrey <laughs> link up. But also, like, well, their clubs would probably want them back because the World Cup is quite late. So. Again, just a lot of logistical questions around this, actually. If you're listening, Merle Dizier or Jess Park, I'd like some confirmation from the FA. When you get your flight details. How this is going to work. 
Yeah, I think it's what we all expected, really. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how this progresses. Will I'm going to start the vibes now because actually, I don't think that we. I think when we last year were like, we're going to win the Euros. It was kind of like ironic and funny. Yeah, like, it was a joke. Yeah, we weren't like actually expecting it. Um, I did think we had a good chance though. I there was quite a lot of seriousness in what I was thinking. I know there was a lot of jokes, but I did think we could actually win the tournament. I think that I didn't think about it too logically. I think I was just like... <laughs> I was it? caught up in the excitement yeah. and possibility. Yeah. And so you didn't think we could actually win it? It's hard to remember now. During or before? Before. Before. I mean, okay. Flo and I were at the Arnold Clark Cup saying we're going to win the Euros, yeah. but I don't, that was because but we just, the Arnold Clark Cup had just shared the golden huge. boot with Alexia yeah. 60% of that was hysteria, 40% of it was genuine belief for me. Okay, well, I think for me it was like 90% hysteria. Um, <laughs> Maybe 95. And so, yeah. And so I think that we're, you know, you, you compared it to last year being like, we don't, we're not like so excited, like, oh my God, we're going to win the World Cup. But I don't think we were like, well, I, me and Jesse clearly weren't like very seriously thinking that. So I think it's a good place to be. I think, fuck it, it's coming home. Well, I do think the injuries like have that, have that, um, impact as well because all the pressure that I think would have piled on England because they'd won the Euros they can kind of now shrug off and say yeah. but look everyone's injured they've got an excuse so I I do wonder and I'm like and, that's and, what I was saying about like the wingers and stuff there's a lot of incredibly incredibly good players in this squad and I don't like I don't know like even the players that are missing like I know Williamson will be a massive massive miss but I feel like I like the idea of a Bright and Greenwood partnership. Beth Mead, a big miss, but Chloe Kelly's great. Lauren James is great. Sorry, I'm just not as hot on Beth Mead as everyone else is anyway. And also, if you actually were thinking that you, she was going to make the squad, you're absolutely deluded for even thinking that was a possibility. <laughs> because Say what you really it's just No, but I'm sorry. It was pissing me off. People actually genuinely thought that was a prospect. Like I don't know if, Serena, I don't know if people did. Like, it was, uh, we, they, were it these was people, already... people who had Beth Mead as their Twitter profile <laughs> picture? No, like genuine people who were like, oh, maybe, maybe Serena Vigman will take a risk on Beth well, Mead's fitness. clickbait, is that? Uh, yeah, I would call it clickbait. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's it obviously wasn't going to happen because Serena Vigman literally said not going to happen. We did win the Arnold Clark Cup this year, so although we played against rubbish teams, we did. But also, you know, Arnold Clark Cup is the best cup competition, no matter who plays in it. That's true. So I just do think we're going to win. Um, okay, so you think we're going to win? I'm backing it. I'm backing it. Kate, where do you yeah. think this this squad ends up? Oh. I'd like a trophy at the end of it, but I think <laughs> I don't know. I th I think it might be a, a step too far. I think maybe join me in my semis. delusions, Kate. We're going to win. No, I have a lot of hope, but <laughs> I'm not delusional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have it to will accept be the delusion. Incredible if they win, just because of everyone not being in top form and the injuries. I've forgotten what it's like. To lose when it comes to I this haven't. team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's where we differ yeah. with the delusion. <laughs> I just forgotten like when we lost against Australia. Australia, thank you. So you've we already lost... forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> when we lost against Australia, I was like, oh, I forgot that that was possible. So if we get Australia in the round of sixteen, I will freak out. Mm. That's when the bad vibes will yeah. begin. Also, it's just never—it's never, never going to be the same. The delusions are never. The hysteria is never going to be the same as last year because I will it be was here. so hysterical if we're in the World Cup final. Like <laughs> I promise you, I can't wait. I will be tearing round Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> I will be insane, and my Leticia and Jess Park will be joining us. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, we better leave it there. We better leave it there. Can someone, is anyone from Australia listening, what is the Sydney equivalent to Box Park Wembley? We need to know. I've already sent Becky the timeout article on the 10 <laughs> best karaoke bars in Sydney. <laughs> Make sure we get all our bookings in. So that is the counter-pressed reaction to the England squad dropped live. As you would expect, it was pretty chaotic. But let's preview Saturday's Champions League final next. Right, Becky, you are going to the Champions League final on Saturday. I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Tell me, when are you going? What's the itinerary? 
leaving tomorrow. Okay. Um, 11 a.m. Booze train to Amsterdam. Eurostar. Yes. Great choice. Very exciting. Um, and then we're in Amsterdam until, well, we're staying in Amsterdam the whole time. Day trip to Eindhoven on Saturday. Um, and there's like nearly 20 of us in the group. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be rowdy. And is it, how, is it just a short train from Amsterdam to Eindhoven? Yeah, it's like an hour or two. I can't remember now, but it's not far. Great. And the trains go all night, baby. So if we want to party in Amsterdam... You mean Eindhoven? Yeah. Sorry. If we want to party in Amsterdam... <laughs> 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 just got Amsterdam on Still the recovering from karaoke, clearly. <laughs> if you want to party in Eindhoven... If we want to party in Eindhoven, then we can. I mean, that I don't know if we will know. want to. Yeah, well, is, there, what, is there much in Eindhoven? No disrespect to the good people of I Eindhoven. But... I've not actually Googled well, it. No idea. Okay, well... Also, the kickoff's like... Late Three afternoon, yeah. So. yeah, four o'clock local time, I think. Yeah, so massive final between Barcelona and Wolfsburg. We fully expect Barcelona to win this game, probably quite easily. But Jesse, are we wrong to make those assumptions? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a one-off game for a start, so I think you can never go too hard on one team. Wolfsburg have beaten Barcelona before, albeit it was in a second leg of a game where they'd already been trounced in the first leg. So I don't know how much. You I can don't count know how that. much second leg wins count, though. Well, no, I know, but I still think there's something to be said for being like you have beaten this team over ninety minutes. I feel like that's something mentally that's useful to have. But equally, Wolfsburg and Barcelona basically both finished their domestic seasons having a mid-off. And now I just don't even know. <laughs> but I think I think Barcelona will win. I think Barcelona are clearly the better team. They were probably the best team in the Champions League last year, but then Leon obviously Leoned them. I don't know if Wolfsburg have that ability. I don't I don't think they have that experience or like sheer belief that you can just go and um and win in any game. And I also thought they were like pretty mediocre against Arsenal um and only just scraped through. And I didn't think Barcelona were great against Chelsea, but I think Chelsea were played at a higher level than Arsenal managed to just purely by the fact that Arsenal had no players to play by the end of that game. Um, so, yeah, Barcelona are favourites, but anything can happen. Anything can happen. Um, yeah, I want to come back to the Barcelona factor, but Kate, on Wolfsburg, Jesse mentions last year's final and... There is another level that Lyon can get to and it helps that they've got exceptional individual quality to get there with their star, their huge list of star names. And Wolfsburg do have that too. But what I feel like watching them in the, in the Champions League, some of their big names haven't necessarily stepped up or maybe been enabled to step up by negative coaching or a negative style of play. And that seems to be the difference is that you can always maybe expect to see something different from Leon. They might have a joker in the pack that they can surprise a team with, but I just don't expect that to see that see that from Wolfsburg in the final. Yeah, I think they do have some individuals though that if Barcelona have a bad day in front of goal, then maybe Wolfsburg can kind of take them that way. Um, I think when you've got Pop, she's always going to be a danger. Um, you know, we, we watched them, obviously, at um, Arsenal and I, w I wasn't overly impressed, if I'm honest. I think second half they played a lot better, but first half, I think if they turn up like that, I think Barcelona will blow them away and they'll literally have no chance of getting back in. So, uh, But the, the good thing is they've got players that have been in the final before, but the problem is they just keep losing in the <laughs> finals. So at some point, maybe that luck will change. I also thought Barcelona would win it last year. And again, Leon blew them away in the first half. So, like Jesse said, with a, a final, anything can happen. I think when the pressure's there, you know, if you do miss a couple of chances, you're always going to give the other team another chance. Um, but for me, I think Barcelona have just got too much uh, to kind of allow Wolfsburg a chance, really. Jesse, you mentioned that Wolfsburg um, ended the season kind of disappointingly. Do you expect... Do you think that they could change things up and surprise Barcelona in this final? Do you think that we will see something different? I would be very surprised. I mean, I could. they could. Like, what's annoying about Wolfsburg is they have such an exciting array of attacking talent, but they're then used in, like, quite dull ways, I think. Um, 
I'd be surprised if we saw anything vastly different. I think they've almost got that too many players problem where it feels like Stroot can't figure out who his best attackers are. So he's then kind of mixing and matching and, and trying to play different people out of position um, to, to fit everyone in. Um, I mean, they obviously have a lot of players who are, are in form, like Eva Pyle's had a great season. Yeah, as Kate said, like Alex Pop's a player who's always going to be a threat. And Barcelona are a team who I always feel like they prioritise attacking. I don't know if that's unfair, but like they like to get forward. They like to put players on the ball. There is space there. They do sometimes struggle, for example, defending set pieces, things like that. I don't think their their back line is is as good as, say, like their midfield or, or their front three would be. Um, the problem is, is I would say Wolfsburg is even worse, though. Um, I think Wolfsburg have in the past prioritised attacking recruitment ahead of defensive recruitment. And whilst I understand that because it's kind of fun and exciting to have all of these exciting players, when you haven't been able to create an effective attacking unit, you've then kind of wasted those players and equally you don't have an amazing set of defenders to sort of bail you out. And we that's why we saw Barcelona destroy them at Camp Nou um, last season. And okay, this is probably a slightly weaker Barcelona team. Like I don't think Alexia will start, for example, even though she is back. Um, but equally, I I just feel like, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I Obviously, like... Wolfsburg do have that talent and that ability, but I've not seen anything from Tommy Stroot which makes me think you can sit down and create like a detailed tax a plan that is at the level that is required to kind of nullify and beat Barcelona. Yeah, and in the end, it took a huge individual error to get them through against Arsenal. And like you said, Jesse, on paper they have all the makings to be and at you know points maybe they have been the favorites for this trophy but it's when you actually see them play when you think hang on what are you doing like you've got physicality you can go direct but then you've got some players who are going to want to play over the ball like a, a lot of the where they've had success this season has been trying to hit teams on the break they had that in the first leg against arsenal which they did quite well but in the second leg they were just so weak and so fragile and kind of just got pushed apart by an Arsenal side that looked a lot more physical than them, which shouldn't be the case when you've got someone like Alex Pop, who is just huge. And like you said, Pajor has had a um, a really good season. She's top scorer in the Champions League this season, isn't she, as well. So, Jesse, on Pateas, though, you said you think she's probably not going to start. No. Um, she hasn't started for Barcelona uh, yet at all. And like speaking to Catalan journalists, like they're very sceptical that that it will happen. Um, you know, she's played in a lot of games. I think she scored her first goal since coming back from injury in that uh, last day of the season loss that Barcelona had to Madrid CFF. But I don't, honestly, like it's become this, I feel like it's fitting in some ways that she doesn't start because Barcelona have spent this whole season like working out a new midfield and... Okay, Alexia Puteas is Alexia Puteas, but like, if you can't have her, having Kira Walsh, Patrick Guiara, and Atana Bonmati is pretty much as good as you get. Um, and I think also we've seen like with the return from Mariona from injury, she adds something different. They'll have Claudia Pina available probably off the bench. She'll add something different as well. There's so many options there that I think it makes sense to start with the midfield they've started all season, the midfield that's looked very, very good. Um, and then you've got a there as an option uh, as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they did need a goal, like whether they, how fit she is to play at like that level of intensity. Obviously, um, you know, Barcelona chose not to bring her on against Chelsea, for example, because they felt like it'd be hard for her to get up to the speed of the game. But she's had a number of weeks since then um, to, you know, kind of get that match fitness back. Um, but yeah, I I honestly think, Barcelona at a level where it just shows you like the ridiculous riches they have in that squad that of course it matters of course Alexia makes that team better but also I don't think you're like if she doesn't play like it's going to be awful. Okay do you think Wolfsburg's best chance at this is to try and hold out take it to extra time try and win on penalties and go for the troll method rather than <laughs> rather than providing space the for troll Barcelona. method hide under a bridge yeah. <laughs> pretty much rather than 
create like allow Barcelona to, to find space and get punished. Yeah, I, th- I think if they're too expansive, then that's what Barcelona thrive on. They look to to target the spaces that they leave behind. But also, Barcelona's weakest part is their defence. So do you try and get at them and just go, we're going to go all out? Because when you look at Roma, uh, when Barcelona played against Roma, I mean, you wouldn't give Roma a chance. Of, of course, the second leg was, was a different story. But in that first leg, Roma literally could have scored 10 goals. And I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> like It was so end-to-end. And Barcelona wasted a lot of opportunities as well. But you could see the frailties that they had because they are like just so gun ho going forward and they expect to just leave their defenders 1v1 at the back or they, they trust their defenders. But actually, Roma exploited that really well. They just couldn't finish. So with Wolfsburg, it depends who they play. I think John Stottier has played a lot in the Champions League, but she hasn't played a lot in the league. But I thought she was really quiet against Arsenal and they didn't use her well enough. Um, of course, she's got out and out pace. So if you're going to leave her kind of 1v1 on the back line... You'd fancy her to win the race. But Against Lucy Bronze, who's like not played for, but yeah. I think is expected to start. Yeah, so I, I think it's difficult because if you go completely all out for it, trying to score an early goal and Barcelona score first, where are you? Because Barcelona can control the ball, they can dictate the, the way of play. Um, I don't know if that would be a bit naive. Um, yeah, I, I'd... I'd imagine that Wolfsburg would play it fairly safe. I thought they did against Arsenal to start with. I can't really imagine the way the manager likes to play. I can't really imagine them just going going for it and trying to get ahead. But I don't actually think it would be a bad idea, but maybe attack the second half more. Yeah, and that's like you say, Jesse, the 90 minutes situation is something that Wolfsburg need to figure out because across two legs, they've been quite lucky this season, the Champions League. And it's sort of now or never really with the final. Uh, One last thing I want to talk about, Jill Rod, because she did an interview. She's outside McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly. She was like, I have a Champions League final um, tradition. She wants to go to the Champions League final, enjoy it, then go to McDonald's. She was like, I am I am going to say the most outrageous thing I can to try and get benched. Yeah, uh, really interesting. And I, I wonder what impact this will have because we said Jill Rod probably is likely to start and she's a big player for Wolfsburg. She hasn't had the greatest season, but she did a very interesting pre-final interview with a Spanish TV channel or was it in because I feel like the clip is in Spanish the clip was it was Catalan yeah uh, so TV channel um, very interesting choice but Jill Raw did an interview with this station and in it she said Barcelona Barca till I die Barca till I die (laughs) Barcelona this is the quote Barca have always been my favourite club it's a dream club I'm very serious about my career and if it fits, it'll be amazing to sign for Barca. But right now I'm here at Wolfsburg and we will see what happens. If Wolfsburg are okay, I guess. The audacity, <laughs> so wild. the stupidity to do something like that days before a Champions League final in which you're playing against that team. And you're not only saying, can't wait to leave guys, lol, but you're also saying, we're probably going to lose as well. It's just weird vibes. Kate, if someone did that, in the ranks at West Ham and you're about to set play Spurs, for example, and I know you hate Spurs. <laughs> what would you do if they were talking about how much they wanted to sign for Spurs and they walked back into the change room? What would the group chat be saying? Tell at me that. At least Barcelona are a team I can understand well, where someone yeah. would <laughs> sign for. Bar- Savage. What do you mean? Spurs are like Barcelona. Um, well, it probably won't go damn well. I feel like you'd get a lot of stick in the change room. You'd be like, what are you, like, why are you saying this? Especially yeah. before a final. Also depends like, what her relationship is like so like there's players I'm sure that like your friends with that if they said that you'd be like the fuck are you doing yeah. like you would say that to them you but like them you don't out. know like what her relationship and if if she's saying things like that then like you can't imagine that she's like players best mate in the change because it's just it's so disrespectful to your teammates it's so bizarre but it's also not going to go down well with the coaching staff no. like this is your biggest game of your season and you're putting yourself in jeopardy of not playing in the biggest game of the season. And I don't really know what she's gaining from that unless she's heard rumours like Barcelona is sniffing around and she's like, really you know wants what? to get the deal. I'm just going to put myself out there and go, Such come and get me. Yeah. It's very risky. Because what if she doesn't also, now yeah, it's, like, it's probably better to start against them and play really well and then they're like, oh yeah, 
but like now they're like oh. and do Barcelona need her like, they have would like she... 50 million exactly, exactly. Just... would she start there <laughs> she's Probably really not. working too hard and also no disrespect Jill but not only do they have a lot of players who do the exact same thing they're a lot better as well mm. So I don't understand. Does she have a PR rep? Like, where are they in this? Like, <laughs> hello. But she's always been like this, hasn't she? Like, that's just what Jill Rod's like. But who, like, I would never want her in my club. Who at Wolfsburg goes, you're cutting that interview. Like, was this a live interview? No, no it looks how pretty that come out? She was walking around yeah. the, the stadium but with she, this yeah, guy. Yeah, she sat at a table, isn't she? I don't know if it was maybe, like a media thing. Maybe and they, she's speaking in English. Yeah, she's speaking in English. Maybe they um, want to get rid of her and they saw it and they were like, yeah, go for her. <laughs> yeah, but even so, you wouldn't want but it. But I've done interviews where they're like, you can't say this. Yeah. Or if they ask you about this, don't say anything or whatever. Yeah. She's twerking for a move. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> Just working for she, me. <laughs> she probably went rogue. She went rogue in that interview. And yeah, it was just a choice. Part of me respects it. I don't understand it. I think it's wild. But also, I like, you do you, babe. I think it's so Yeah, because wanky. you always respect chaos. Do it after the final, yeah, exactly. if anything. I, I'm rooting for chaos, and this is just, like, the most ridiculous thing that she could do, so... Well, we'll have to see what happens. Did you see people down. posting... I saw people posting, like, there's a video where a guy, like, accidentally scores no own goal because he obviously forgets, <laughs> like, which team he's playing on when oh someone posted it, being, like, Jill Rod against Barcelona. <laughs> do you think, if you were the manager, right... Would you be starting her after that? I'd drop her. I'd drop her. I would. I would 100% drop her. Right. It's so disrespectful. It's just rude. Well, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Can you report live on the scene from Eindhoven? I will, yeah. She won't be sat behind us this year, though, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> she might be. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are going to be giving Becky a little mic to do some uh, on-the-scene clips and interviews, so we'll see what interviews? actually... Interviews, oh, okay. We'll and see karaoke. what actually... Jill Rod, you just come over here. <laughs> we'll see what actually the, can make... she sat on the bench. <laughs> what can make the cut and what will be NSFW, but hopefully there'll <laughs> oh. be some stuff that, you know, we can actually use It's going to be a wild trip. trip. <laughs> it is. It's going to be a wild trip. Can I anyway, ask who everybody's rooting for? Pick a team now. Barca. I, I've got to support Barca because if Wolfsburg win, Chelsea have to go through oh, Champions yeah. League okay, qualifying. Yeah, so Barca for Jesse. I'd say Barca <laughs> as well. Kind. I find Wolfsburg kind of annoying. Yeah, I, Sorry. I, I have a really nice... You're just a car manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really nice Barca shirt, so I was like, oh, I'll wear that. But, cute Kelly, queen of the wolves... Oh, <laughs> niche, reference. Uh, niche reference. If you're not aware of Cute Kelly, Queen of the Wolves, she is a, a cult favourite um, Twitter page she, that's she, a Wolfsburg. She's a Wolfsburg Yeah, fan. she's a Twitter stan who supports Wolfsburg who only speaks in code that features wolf it's emojis. incredible content. Like, I'm not even being, like, ironic in my love for it. Every time she tweets, I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. So I just kind of, I just kind of wanted to win for her. Well, Becky, enjoy... Amsterdam. I hope you have fun in the Champions League final. Thanks. We're giving you a microphone, so we expect you to pick up some funny bits God, and pieces. Always working, fucking always hell. working, never off. Um, we will be. I cut me and I bleed, Countess. <laughs> <laughs> always. Uh, we'll obviously be here throughout the summer doing World Cup bits. We're having a short break, but we're going to be dropping a few specials before the World Cup as well. And obviously coming in with all the previews and covering the tournament. So do not fear, listener, because I know some people are getting very nervous and very panicked. We've got our end of season awards dropping next week I, can't, I don't even know what day it is anymore but that will be dropping I think on the 8th of June that's when I'm going to be dropping it Becky's got to edit the chaos but uh, for now we will love you and leave you we'll see you all soon